0: They don't know what language I'm speaking. If you passed your 11 plus, you went to grammar school. If you didn't pass your 11 plus, you went to secondary modern. Um, And so that was the binary choice that happened, just as the binary choice happened in the case of Peter and Andrew and James and John. And Jesus chooses people, and this is my only bit of Greek, who are a-grammatoi idioti. Yeah? A grammatoi idioti. And that's so that's the action from Acts. Because when the when the high priests and the Sadducees and the Scribes saw that these were common, uneducated men, they knew that these men had been with Jesus. And that's where that's what literally what the Greek says, A grammatoi idioti. Yeah? So they couldn't learn to speak proper like, and they probably couldn't read and write. And yet they was clear that they had been with Jesus. So sometimes we think that we are not educated enough to be able to follow Jesus and to read proper books. I remember when I went forward for ordination training, I was given a book written by a a previous Archbishop of Canterbury, and chunks of it were written in Greek and Latin, and the other bits were written in English, but it was hardly English that I could understand. Um, and so basically I, I wrote in my sort of of the book It seems that the, the, the world's view of English vicars is that they only eat cucumber sandwiches with the crusts cut off Such is their sort of physical uh, strength and relevance to today's society but these people They were not at the top of the food chain in terms of people you would normally choose to start a religious movement. They were the agramatoi idioti. They didn't expect to be chosen. The other thing that Peter says is when he sees that miraculous catch of fish, he says, Get away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And sometimes... We can also feel that we're not worthy enough. That there are things in our life which we need and want to put right. And yet, Jesus doesn't ask Peter to get his life in order before he shows him this miraculous sign of the catch of fish. Jesus accepts Peter as he is. Jesus knows who he is. He knows he's a sinful man. And yet, Jesus still chooses to use him. So please don't think that you're not educated enough to be used for Jesus. Please don't think you're not worthy enough. The church where I came to faith, there was, um, there was a vicar and he held a lunchtime service. It was in the middle of the city of London. Some of you will know which church I'm talking about. And on the Tuesday lunchtime service, they had two services. to 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock to 1.30. The place was packed on a Tuesday lunchtime in the city of London. And this guy leant over the pulpit. It was a pulpit where where Wesley would have preached from. And he said, If I could see the true state of your hearts, I wouldn't have you in this building. And if you could see the true state of mine, you wouldn't want to come in anyway. This was a guy who'd been ordained for umpteen years and he was honest that he was a sinner. And he was honest that the people with him listening to him were also sinners. And Jesus acknowledges that Peter is a sinner. We started the service this morning asking forgiveness for our sins. And we trusted in that wonderful forgiveness. And really, what I want to come back to that question again. What was the most marvelous and unexpected gift you have ever been given? They caught on that day, having fished all night. And then this carpenter from a foreign area up in the hills doesn't know the first thing about fishing because in Nazareth you're high up, there aren't any lakes or fishing boats around there. He has the temerity to come down to the Sea of Galilee, Lake Gennesaret, sometimes also called the Sea of Tiberias. And he tells a fisherman to put out into the deep water in the middle of the day. And these guys have been fishing 20 years, they've been learning from their father, and they know that the fish come to the surface at night and they trust him to go out in the middle of the day to the deepest water where the fish are not going to be anybody knows that anybody with the slightest clue about what fishing's all about and yet something about them says yes i'll do this and they go out and they let down their nets in the end of John's Gospel, after Jesus has, raised, has, has, come, has been raised to the dead, Peter says to his fellow um, the disciples, I'm going to fish in chapter 21. And they say, oh, well, go with you. And they got out, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He said, friends, have you got any fish? He said, no. He said, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And the story goes on, and they landed. It was full of large fish, 153 fish were caught on that occasion, large fish. The occasion that we're thinking of here. And Peter was able to physically drag that net onto the shore. The occasion we're thinking of here, well, let's double that, because there were two boats involved. And then the boats were almost sinking because there were so many fish. So, conservatively, there must be 500, 600 fish in that net. This was lottery time. This was lottery winning time for those fishermen who had fished all night and caught nothing. They had the most wonderful, unexpected gift. And they left it on the shore. What a crazy thing to do. What an absolutely crazy thing to do. Unless you knew there was something better. They'd just won the lottery and they walked away from it. And the promise was, I will make you fishers of men. But we don't know of any occasion during Jesus' ministry when Peter brought somebody to Jesus. Jesus. But three years later, he preached a sermon when 3,000 people were converted in one day. When 3,000 people were converted one day. And from those 3,000 people, 2,000 years ago, the Christian church today is over 2 billion people around the world. That's 2,000 million So that's two, followed by nine noughts. That is the size of the Christian Church today. Because of that promise, I will make you fishers of men. So really the question for us today is, so what's my role in this? Am I good enough? Am I educated enough? Am I, can I make a difference like that over 2,000 years? We don't know. The guy who brought Billy Graham to faith was just a humble, he was a cobbler, I think he was, who brought Billy, who brought Billy Graham to faith, and look at the impact that Billy Graham has had around the world. Maybe somebody you'll speak to this week will, you'll sow a seed. I'm, I'm fascinated. I've, I've got a sort of sermon bubbling up in me at the moment about God's economy and how God, God's economy works, which is totally different to how our economy works. But there's a hint of it here that one man then brought 3,000 people to faith in one day, and 2,000 years later, that is now over 2 billion, 2,000 million people around the world acknowledging Jesus as their Lord and Saviour and maybe the person you'll speak to next week or the week after that, tell them about the Jesus who changes lives, the Jesus who accepts sinners and the Jesus who accepts people who don't think they're worthy to be accepted So they got back in the boat, and they went and did what Jesus asked them to do, even though it appeared to be foolish. Let's pray together. Father God, we're tempted just to clean nets when we haven't caught anything. To look busy when there's nothing to be, when the real work that you have called us to do is to catch fish. Father, thank you that you accept us just as we are. Agrammatoi idiotai. You accept us as sinners. And more than that, you equip us by your Holy Spirit to go out and do greater things than you have ever done. Father God, inspire us and give us strength to follow your name. Amen.